Welcome to the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. The opinions and ideas expressed on this show are solely those of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com and its guests. This is the very best of professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. You already know what it is for the 17th epic episode. You have reached the number one up-and-coming professional wrestling podcast in the New York City and Tri-State area. This is the hashtag HWWeekly, HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, and I'm your host, Sean H. What up, though? I'm so happy to be with you guys once again for another big-time episode Friday night, October 5th, 2018, and the guest I have in store for you tonight... Oh my goodness, this man is literally stopping by the HW Weekly podcast, the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast to talk to you guys just hours before he defends the House of Glory Heavyweight Championship of the World in New York City at Extreme Warfare brought to you by House of Glory Wrestling. But before I introduce the champ, I got to make sure I introduce all my business owners to something that they really should know about, and that's HaasKraya.com. Listen... All my business owners out there, y'all got to understand that the only way to get the best business through the internet is to project yourself in the best possible light on the internet. I'm talking about top-notch web development. I'm talking about top-notch web platforming. And for that, there's only one place to go, HaasKraya.com. They are doing some amazing things. Go to that website right now and click on the portfolio tab. Check out the list of who's who that they have worked with in the entertainment industry. I'm talking about big-time companies and big-time names. So, if you want to be part of that list, if you want to pop on the internet and make yourself look real good, go to HaasKraya.com for all your web development and web platforming needs. That's H-A-A-S-C-R-E-A.com, HaasKraya.com, because we love tech. Once again, it's your boy, Sean H., your host, and I am so excited to be with you once again for a major big-time episode of the Hashtag HW Weekly Podcast. Once again, shout-out to all my new listeners listening on YouTube for the very, very first time and all my listeners who have been with me from the beginning. Whether you started listening on episode one, whether you jumped in in the middle around episode eight or nine, or whether you are listening for the very first time as part of the new fall season, In episode 17 right here tonight, I salute and I thank each and every one of you. And part of that thanks is me bringing along a world champ. You know, I previously had a world champion on this show, a real good friend of mine. He is the reigning SWF heavyweight champion of the world, TJ Marconi, one of the longest reigning champions in the industry today. And tonight, as epic as that was, tonight is going to be epic as well. Because not only do I have a world champion for you guys... I have a man, literally, who's stopping by the show right here, right now, literally just hours before he heads to House of Glory, Extreme Warfare, to defend his world championship, a belt he won in the month of August 2018 in a match of epic proportion against Amazing Red. I was in the building for House of Glory that night. He defended the title, or excuse me, I should say he won the title. He became the world champion by defeating Amazing Red in a no-ropes match. We're talking about ladders. We're talking about tables. We're talking about fighting through the crowd. It was 
absolutely off the hook. And that very man who won the title from Amazing Red, and then a month later, just this past September 22nd, actually got the Amazing Red to join his stable, the House of Gango. Now, this guy that I got on the show tonight is doing some crazy cool things. I mean, he has now the legendary Amazing Red working with him in his stable, doing his thing right now. The very man he took the title from a month earlier, and now he's heading to Extreme Warfare tonight to defend his newly won heavyweight championship of the world. I'm not going to delay any longer. I know you want to know who I'm talking about. You probably already know who I'm talking about because I've listed his many accolades, but I'm going to make it plain and simple for you guys right here and right now, right here with me on the hashtag HW Weekly Podcast is the one and only House of Glory heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Gangon. Welcome to the show, my dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. And what an introduction by you. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. You're definitely worthy of it, brother. Like, I, I saw you live, and it, it was definitely uh, a match of epic proportion. Once again, hap- uh, congratulations on becoming the new world champ. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Before we get into more details about that match, because, ladies and gentlemen, it was definitely a match of epic proportion, we want to talk uh, with you, man, about uh, how you got into the business. We all have stories about how we fell in love with the industry, myself on the journalistic side, you being in the ring. Um, tell us about what you know initially got you interested in, um, in professional wrestling and what brought you to where you are as it pertains to your professional uh, status as a, as a ringmaster that you are today. Well, uh, the first kind of memories that I've had really were, were professional wrestling-based, you know, um, when I was four years old, it was something I really got into, and obviously uh, I grew up and, and, and finally became a professional wrestler myself. But uh, in 1996, I just watched WWE, or WWF at the time, and I fell in love with it. And, you know, most people or most kids kind of grow up from watching wrestling, but I never grew up. And, uh, you know, watching... 1996 Ultimate Warrior come out, and that's not even the uh, the good version of the Ultimate Warrior. Right. <laughs> right. For for whatever reason, it it really uh, captured my imagination, and then from there, uh, it was all about wrestling. And that's... then uh, around, uh, I believe it was October 2011. I uh, I previously I've checked out uh, NY. WC mm-hmm. for uh, wrestling school, and for whatever reason, I couldn't crunch the numbers as far as financially. And then uh, October 2011, I went to House of Glory, and oh, believe it or not, when I first reached the door, I almost didn't go in because you know it was something I dreamed about—just walking into a wrestling school my entire life. Right. And then for for whatever reason, it was like it was right in front of me, and it was kind of a scary moment, but I walked in and then my life uh, kind of changed from that. That's what's up, man. I mean, like I said, to open up the show, you, you just came off of an epic match with the legendary Amazing Red, and uh, to hear that you got started with the Warrior, I think a lot of people got started with the Warrior, myself, it was Hogan and Savage, but, you know, 
the old school, remembering the old school is what gives us an appreciation for the new school. And, and, I, and I think that what I want to talk to you about now is, I guess, your appreciation for the physicality. And maybe you can give us an indication of the physicality. Because I always say, one of my favorite things to say is that uh, wrestling's not fake. It's just predetermined. So give us an indication from your perspective, uh, being a champion, being an in-ring worker, about the physicality that it takes to pull off what you guys pull off in the ring every night. I mean, um, you know, yeah, it's kind of a cliche at this point, but most people uh, will, will say, oh, wrestling's fake or whatever. But, you know, obviously these people go to the movies or watch movies on their TV and they get emotionally invested and all that is not real either. Uh, so I, it's kind of it's kind of weird how society kind of uh, dictates things. Mm-hmm. But um, wrestling is, is, especially nowadays, is very, very physical and uh, very, very demanding. And you pretty much have to be an athlete uh, at this point. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say... Back in the um, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you necessarily had to be a, a great athlete. But nowadays, you really do have to be a great athlete. Oh, world class. And, world class. Uh, exactly. And you have to train like an athlete. You have to eat like an athlete. So it's, it's way different. And as far as, like, it, it's very taxing uh, on our bodies. And every single match, even I mean, this may sound like overkill or whatever, but every single match that I go out there or any professional wrestler goes out there, or wrestler goes out there, I should say, um, we could literally die or, or get paralyzed. or It doesn't matter if there's like one person in the crowd or, or thousands. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think people really uh, understand that. And for myself, I've had many inju- injuries and I've, I'm injured right now uh, as we as we're speaking, but mm-hmm. I've dislocated my my uh, my shoulder. I've I've broken my ankle. I've broken my finger. Uh, countless bloody noses and 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 uh, cuts cuts and lacerations and black eyes. You know, it really you know we're destroying our bodies for people to be entertained, and uh, sometimes I think that gets lost on people. So. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. And I think when you think about you know when I think when I think about personally and when I think the fans take a moment and think about what you just said, it, it's a situation where you look at it from the outside looking in, and it, and it, and it is entertainment. It's like oh, okay, well, again, you know, it's predetermined. So how real could it be? It's very real, man. Like the word fake. I'm not a wrestler, but I'm a fan, and I write about it. And obviously, you know, I'm a I'm a podcast host. I'm so blessed to have you on the show tonight, man. But I look at it from a perspective, it's almost an insult. Like, how is falling off a ladder, flat back, fake? You know, how is a chair shot to the head, fake? You know, they're not out there, wrestlers are not out there trying to kill each other, obviously. There's no injury, there's a hope for no injury every single night. But the risk is always there, and I, I don't I don't understand how people can ignore that fact. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, you know, as professional wrestlers, we're supposed to limit the... Uh, um, the fact that we could get injured, like as far as percentage or, or whatever, or whatever the case is. And uh, like you said, it, there's always a possibility to get injured. And we as wrestlers, the way I see it, we have to be like magicians or illusionists. We have to uh, make people believe that this, this stuff that is predetermined 
is real. Right. Uh, and and but at the same time, it's very real. It's, it's very hard to explain. It's, it's kind of you kind of have to truly understand it or be a fan, or you have to obviously uh, be a professional wrestler yourself. Absolutely. Listen, I want to switch gears with you, uh, Anthony, and talk to you right now about something I think the fans really want to know, and that's what it's like to stand out in front of the live audience. Um, you know, many people, you know, whether it's in theater, you know, actors, things like that, I think The Rock has said it best when he's talked about in interviews about how, you know, he's a multi-millionaire actor, but there's nothing like standing out in front of a live crowd. I was there on August 17th when you won the House of Glory World Heavyweight Championship in the NYC Arena in Queens, and that's a massive place. Tell the fans about what it's like to stand in the middle of that ring, surrounded by those people, all the eyes are on you. I mean, is there an element of nerves that come into play? Is there an element of, you know, you're not sure if you're, obviously you're confident in your own abilities, but, you know, is there a confidence, worry, or anything like that? Tell us about the mindset of a professional wrestler, especially on the main event stage in front of a crowd of that magnitude. Well, I mean, to be in front of a crowd, uh, especially that many people, it's, it's very um, energizing for the soul for me. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, the mindset I go, particularly that day, the mindset I really go into the show with is that I have all these matches uh, before me and all high-quality matches with, with stars and, and great House of Glory wrestlers and I myself have to go out there and be better than all those matches mm-hmm. because obviously I'm the main event. Right. If I'm not better than all those matches, then I, I would consider that day to be a failure. Uh, and to be in front of that crowd and to get that kind of reaction on that match was was very satisfying. And you know, being in front of a crowd, it could really help you. As far as, you know, what we were just talking about is injuries or whatever, because, you know, I myself have broken my ankle and I've dislocated my my shoulder in mm-hmm. front of a crowd. And that's the only reason I feel that I probably continued because I didn't want to let the crowd down. Right. And, you know, nowadays usually they'll, they'll stop the matches or whatever, but obviously that's not something that I wanted and I want the fans to get their money's worth. So I kind of pushed through, and without that, uh, without the crowd being there and wanting to entertain them, I, I'm not really sure that my body would would be able to go through that uh, right. with the uh, adrenaline or, or whatever the case is. Absolutely. Um, speaking of physicality and speaking of, of live crowds, um, I can't stress it enough about the the fever pitch that uh, was in the building for. Uh, high intensity seven on on August seventeenth. Um, I really want to zero in on that because, again, we can't we can't stress enough how legend how legendary Amazing Red is and and, and all he's done for the business, including uh, what he's doing right now at House of Glory. Um, tell us about how that match came together. Obviously, we know the the backstory, and we're going to talk a little bit more about you know how the House of Gangon came to be. But before we get into that, um, you know, we're talking about the world title. We're talking about a no ropes match. Tell us about the concept. Tell us about how that thing came together because it was truly uh, an epic night on August 17th. Yeah, well, 
As far as the concept of the match, it's not it's not something that's very popular, but it has been done before mm-hmm. in Japan. And the first time I was uh, introduced to it was, I believe it was either, I think it was Dragon Gate USA, which was now a defunct company, and it was, I think it was Johnny Gargano versus John Davis. Okay. And this was back in like maybe 2010 or so. And that was the first time that I saw that kind of match. And I thought, wow, that's, that's kind of an interesting match. And I've never really seen it done uh, in, in the States very often. So the first one I did was with Mark Quinn. Uh, and the crowd really liked it. And then uh, we used it again with Ken Broadway. And it, it just got better from there and then after that match I just said I can't do this match anymore because I have zero idea how to top this one because it came out so well there really was a, a magic in the air that night gotcha. and then I was uh, kind of uh, talked into doing uh, this third one with Amazing Red and I would like to think that we actually did top the first two No Ropes matches and the whole deal with, with me and Red is that um, about two years ago, we had a real personal issue with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether, you know, I can't necessarily go into detail or whatever, but it was a real personal issue. Right. And that to the point where uh, maybe I wasn't going to be a part of House of Glory anymore, period. Mm-hmm. And from that, uh, we created this... Uh, this feud between each other, and it's it's it, it stemmed from a personal issue, and then it obviously became uh, this art uh, between us. Yeah, I, that's that's amazing. I mean, uh, a lot of us know um, stories of, of how real life issues, you know, play out on television. Um, I don't know the severity of your issue with Red or, or vice versa, and that, that's not really where I want to go with it. But I do remember, as many of us do. Uh, you know, Matt Hardy and Edge and things like that, that, that played out on television. It became excellent, uh, excellent TV that, that stemmed from a personal issue. Uh, and you, you know, we appreciate you telling us what you did tell us about uh, you and Red having uh, whatever issue you may have had. But whatever it was, uh, the professionalism was there uh, and it played out magnificently in the ring. Um, the House of Gangong. I've been doing my mm-hmm. research, man, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a student of the game, and I'm all about uh, factions, I'm all about stables, but I'll tell you what, the House of Gangon seems a little bit different to me, and, and, I, and I mean that in a complimentary way. It doesn't seem like your traditional faction, it doesn't seem like anything we've really ever seen before, and uh, for everybody who's listening, this is the October 5th episode of the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast, uh, but this is coming right off the heels of Chapter 3. At uh, you know, for House of Glory, where Amazing Red actually is now a part of the House of Gangon. But please take us to the crux of what the House of Gangon is all about. Obviously, you're the leader, you're the world champ. Tell us how that thing came together. Well, I mean, initially when I first started wrestling, I had a version of the House of Gangon, and it was uh, at the time it was myself. Uh, Smiley and uh, this character named Dre Conus. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out so well, or whatever the case was. And then around, uh, I believe it was December 2015 or so, uh, somewhere in that area, um, I kind of left House of Glory. 
uh, I came back and I had an issue with the with management at the at the time with uh, Rob Black and Brian and, and Red and all that. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I looked through the, the roster and I saw that uh, this team Herbal Affairs were also having issues about not being on shows and and all this. And I thought it would be a good idea that I I talk to them and, and and let them know that I can help them be on shows and. They agreed and they joined me and uh, I renamed all of them. Uh, uh, Toasty Tom became uh, Thomas Odin, Ezekiel Lewis, uh, formerly uh, Rembrandt Lewis, mm-hmm. and then uh, Gabriel uh, Roman at the time was also part of, part of the group. And then Juba is my real, uh, true friend and I trust him. And I thought he'd be a perfect person to watch my back in, in his business and in, in House of Glory full of people that are ready to stab you in the back. Right. And uh, from that, obviously, uh, I wanted Smiley back into the group, and I kind of helped create the whole Smiley uh, situation to begin with, so that's why I kind of consider him my, my firstborn or whatever, because right. uh, I feel like I truly did uh, create him. And, um, and then from that, uh, Bone joined in, uh, he was another guy that was kind of floundering, and I didn't never lie to these people. Uh, they were barely on shows or not on shows at all, and then they came under my wing, and then they've been on shows consistently. So there's nothing wrong with what I've, I've told them. I've been honest the whole time with them, and, and now they're on shows constantly. So And um, obviously Amazing Red had to join us, and if he didn't, he would have to end his uh, angry career in House of Glory. And, uh, you know, throughout Red's career, he's been told about, oh, go out there and have video game matches or car crash matches, whatever the hell that means. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, he's not, you know, basically not good enough to be a wrestler, so why don't you come be a, a trainer instead? So, you know, I think Red made the right decision, and we're going to see the true form of Amazing Red that people have never seen before. And uh, that's very exciting. Well, that was an epic situation that went down on the 22nd of this month because I'll tell you what, like I said, I can't stress it enough. I was in the building on August 17th, and you guys darn near killed each other. And now, you know, for you guys to be standing on the same side of the ring moving forward, I, I mean, that's that's epic, man. I mean, what an acquisition on your part. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what really kind of moved the needle to the, to the other side for Red is just that uh, private party, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, they were just, they were basically telling Red that it's not worth his legacy and career or his internet career to, uh, to, to join me and, and, and be under my watch. And yeah, obviously I think Red took offense to that, that they think that his internet career and house career should be over, and I think he made the right decision. Well, the fans definitely, uh, gave you a reaction that that was was off the charts um and i'm looking forward to see what what plays out next listen tell the world what it's like to be a world champ i know that sounds like a really general question but you're now on top of the mountain of what is one of the biggest organizations in the tri-state one of the biggest organizations period um house of glory is on fire i'm so happy uh 
you know, shout out to my, my, my good friend, TJ Marconi. Um, I'm in the building for these events now, uh, you know, reporting for the website. And, and House of Glory is on fire right now. And you're the world champion. I mean, and, and you got a stable of studs behind you. I mean, you're, you're kind of running the business right now. I, I know that sounds like real cliche, real old school DX, real old school NWO kind of terminology. But you've got the stroke, man. Like, how does it feel? Uh, I mean, it's it's something I've really worked hard at uh, to obtain, and this is I'm the first uh, student out of House of Glory to ever hold the world title twice, and that's a big accomplishment. And you know, the mindset of being uh, the top guy or the or the world champion in a company for me, it, everything rides on me. Mm-hmm. How much money the company makes, the, how much. How many people are in the building? How great the quality of wrestling is in my matches? The performance, just every aspect. I have to be better than every single person, uh, either on the roster or brought in that night or any other night. And it it can be very stressful and it can be very taxing on on my mind or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think I can uh, I think I can handle it. What's your take? Before we let you go, and I can't believe the time has flown by this fast already. It's been a tremendous interview. Before we let you go, can you can we get your take on the current state of, uh, I guess you'd call the mainstream product? I mean, House of Glory is quickly becoming very mainstream. It's quickly becoming one of the biggest organizations around. But, you know, WWE, Impact, what's, what's your view on the current product over there? Or I don't know if you can even comment on that, but if you can, just give us your take on what you're seeing right now. My take on everything is that it's very, it's very bland, okay. and whatever the top company is uh, right now, mm-hmm. they've kind of been doing the same things over and over again, and there's not many uh, different products out there for people to watch that's not that. Uh, I feel like most companies just take that model that is very successful, obviously, in mm-hmm. WWE, right. and they just do their light version of it instead of being something completely different. And that doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, maybe being like a Lucha Underground, but just anything, like different camera angles, different ways to tell stories, different characters actually having storylines, not just matches, uh, actually having storylines that make the most sense as pop as possible because obviously this wrestling is is very uh strange business and cut and 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 situation but right. i make the most sense of it as possible and i just feel like wrestling really needs to change and evolve and and, and not use wwe as, as the gold standard because i feel like there's a lot of ways to tell great wrestling stories i agree i agree i think that's a sound assessment um, I would describe the House of Gangone and Anthony Gangone as kind of a breath of fresh air. I would, I would, I would call House of Glory a breath of fresh air. What do you feel about the state? Obviously, you're the man now, but what do you think of the state of House of Glory? Because, like I said, August seventeenth, epic. September twenty second, epic, and you guys are back on Friday, October fifth for Extreme uh, Warfare. Uh, tell us about you know your view of the mountain that you currently stand on top of? Well, I, I think right now, House of Glory is definitely in a good position. 
and can only get better from here as long as they uh, continue doing what they're doing without really changing uh, the formula. There's a lot of uh, things that I think House of Glory can improve on in, in various aspects, whether that's business or whatever. But things like, uh, I've, I've kind of felt like the tax division could have been uh, uh, better the past year or so, or the women's division been better the past year, year or so, and I know uh, it looks like in, in some way they're kind of uh, fixing that. So as long as they try to continue to be uh, as perfect as possible, and I know that's kind of an unattainable, unattainable goal, but for me, I try to always be as perfect as I can, even though I know I'll never be perfect. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of something to, to strive for. But I really do truly believe that House of Glory can be something very special in wrestling. And uh, we just need more eyes on us, more content, and uh, hopefully we can move from there. It's a great thing, man. That's a great thing. Before we let you go, man, we got to make sure that we ask uh, what's going on next. I, like I said, House of Glory is going to return to the NYC Arena on October 5th. Uh, the people want to know, where can they see the House of Glory World Champion next? I know you mentioned that you're recovering currently from an injury. What's the status of the title? What's going on? Let the world know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I am working through um, my injury at the moment, and I've kind of uh, slowed down as far as uh, booking the past nine months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, because I've, I've done, you know, I've been on every big Northeast uh, company, indie company that there is at, at, at this point, and I've kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, but uh, once, hopefully, I, I, I recover from this injury fully, uh, I'll be able to go out there uh, on a more weekly basis. But as of right now, I'm really, uh, I'm taking indie bookings, obviously, and I'll be in, in, on small smaller shows throughout the Northeast, but House of Glory is kind of my main concern at the moment. So October 5th is the next show. I have zero idea what I'm doing, but I'm sure Rob Black will force me to put the title on the line against some crazy person. So uh, hopefully <laughs> I can get through that. That's what's up, man. Listen, we want to thank you, man, uh, for being on this show. Um, we started our show off in June, and this is by far one of the biggest guests. You know, we've had some really cool guests, one of the biggest guests of all time, man. And, um, you know, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, to have the House of Glory World Champ on the show is truly an honor. Before we let you go, please let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at House of Gangone and uh, Instagram at Gangone Anthony. And then just search my name on Facebook. That's what's up, man. Yo. Champ, we appreciate you, man. This has been an epic show. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's something that uh, we hope we could do again with you soon. All right, man? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. No doubt. So before we let y'all go, we got to make sure we let y'all know, ladies and gentlemen, he is the one and only House of Glory heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony Gangone. I'm your boy, Sean H., and this is the HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com podcast. We're out of here. Peace. This has been a production of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com home of the Hubbard Wrestling Weekly Podcast, the very best in professional wrestling, both independent and mainstream. The ideas and content of this show are the exclusive property of HubbardWrestlingWeekly.com. The opinions of its hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone, as this show and website are not associated with any professional wrestling organization.